croeso i Podediad Music Cymraeg. Mae'n dydd Music Cymru heddi a dyn ni'n mynd i datlu cerddoriaeth Cymraeg gyda pennod arbennig yma. It's dydd Music Cymru Neil. We couldn't let this go um, and we had to come back and, and do a special episode for a, for a fantastic uh, celebration of, of Welsh language music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had Alice Strange as our guest two years ago. Um, we had uh, She's Got Spies last year and... Yeah, as you say, it's the perfect opportunity for us to come back, um, supporting our amazing language. Uh, there's loads of good stuff going on as well. Um, you know, the one that really sticks out to me is uh, the Giga Porters, um, you know, on the night of uh, Dean's Cymru, Los Blancos, Subs and Mantis. But um, yeah, have a look at um, music's uh, social media feed. There's loads of good stuff going on. Yeah, I've noticed a few um, music memories um, uh, where people are sort of... Uh talking through their um yeah memories of welsh language gigs and um we had one which is a bit poignant and and, and relevant tonight when we saw griff uh reese at club eva bark and um you know playing uh, a tame lad by that luggy um shortly after uh the, the sad passing of dave r edwards and our guest today is is his partner in crime pat Morgan from Dat Luggy, and uh, she talks so eloquently of um, her memories of Dave and, and and meeting him and working working together uh, to create well one of the most influential Welsh language bands, and you, know, you can see that sort of rich um, uh, legacy that they've that that they've left behind as a, as a band um, with the likes of you know Super Free Animals as we mentioned with Griff and Gorkies and, and and even you know more 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 contemporary acts like Adwaith where. Pat mentions working with them early on, um, but yeah, such a, a, a an incredible legacy for the Welsh language music, particularly you know the lyrics of Dave. But um, what's often forgotten about is is the music, um, and Pat plays a, a key part of that. Absolutely, um, I, I think uh, Pat plays a you know equally important role. Um, those full like sort of um, off kilter sort of melodies are you know the very essence of that plucky sound. Um, Obviously, we never got to meet the man himself, Dave, you know, such a uh, charismatic and uh, amazing uh, lyricist. Uh, you know, there's real poetry to his lyrics uh, and sort of biting dark humour, which is often overlooked at times as well. But yeah, you were saying about um, that Griff Reese gig um, last year, you know, a really poignant encore. We um, had a drink with Gavin Fitzjohn, one of the, one of the band uh, yeah. after the gig, and he was saying that that was just a sort of impromptu uh, encore that the band didn't know about and Griff performed so, uh, solo acoustically and it was yeah. I think it was all the more powerful just because of that really which just Griff on his own sort of revisiting that classic off Moan as well and um, yeah they, they, it's, they, their legacy really lives on we were at Welsh Music Prize and just seeing um, that montage video they put together with Adam yeah. playing you realise what an incredible band they were um, and yeah it, it, this is one of my favourite episodes actually um, I know that I say that quite often really but <laughs> it's, it, it, was a, it was a really fascinating chat with um, Pat um, she was really candid at times as well and she just got the sense of that real you know brilliant loving relationship between the two of them that was just that perfect alchemy that you know was that bluggy yeah absolutely and yeah you know nominated for uh, the Welsh Music Prize for Cunguagla last year, but as well as winning the Inspiration Award that you reference, and that glowing uh, testimony or that the Emmy Angst uh, that gave be- be- before uh, welcoming Pat on stage to give her the um, to, to give her the prize was um, was was yeah it was amazing, and it was lovely to speak to Emmy afterwards and and talk to him about um, you know I guess like you know we've heard of Dutt Bluggy and you know we, we 
people were introduced to Duff Bluggy from, you know, we mentioned the episode under the influence compilation of uh, Super Free Animals and Mung with the tame lads and stuff like that. But I think, you know, uh, particularly for me, uh, learning Welsh later on in, in, in my life, you know, being exposed to things that, you know, I, I've probably missed out on, um, you know, for, from just being a monoglot English language uh, household. But you know, th- I mentioned to Emma that, you know, things like Duff Bluggy and Come On Midfield are two things that I'm really sort of happy that um, I've um, been able to sort of um, yeah embrace a little bit more as I've, I've been sort of learning learning the Welsh language um, over the last few years, but um, yeah, it's um, the language is for everybody, you know, whether you speak it or not. And I think you know this is such an important uh, thing to do um, with these music Cymru and you know celebrate um, celebrate the language we have uh, in, in our country and and how music is such an important part of of reaching people whether whether you speak it or not. You know, obviously, Neil, it's just the two of us today. It's been quite challenging over the last sort of year or so, you know, since the last um, Deed Music Cymru, when we spoke to uh, She's Got Spies, you know, tried to coordinate our time. So n- no Dave today. And um, we're going to uh, try and continue um, the podcast uh, more frequently than, than than has been the case. Um, you know, Dave's got uh, the commitments now. And, um, but yeah, really want to say thank you, a big deal to Dave for you know, is is support of the podcast and, you know, coming on board and being, you know, going from a friend of the pod to a host of the pod. Um, but it's um, it's me and you again, and we want to try and get back to the the, 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 the frequency that we had prior to the pandemic. And, and yeah, we've got a lot of, um, yeah, more guests lined up. Yeah, thanks so much, Dave. I echo um, Jamie's sentiments there. Um, fantastic insights and knowledge. Uh, great to have you on board. And, you know, you, you know what you're welcome to contribute uh, in the future for, if we ever need a sort of guests for episodes or, you know, where we do a documentary style thing. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it now. Um, got some great guests coming up. We've got some in the bag uh, from before. So uh, we've got Richard Parfit. Uh, who else we got? My God, it's, it's so long ago. I can't think who we've got. Uh, T- Terry Hall. Terry Hall. Um, yeah. Talking about the 30th anniversary of Generation Terrace, Manic's uh, classic debut album. Yeah, we've got loads uh, lined up that we need to really get our teeth into now and uh hopefully it's not a false dawn again and we can really get back to you know pushing these out regularly yeah because it's so nice mate you know speaking you know when people get in touch and they're sort of like you know talking about these music camry they you know get in touch with us and it's something that i've missed a lot over the last um year or so being able to speak to people about their background and their you know inspiration and you know the music that makes them you know tick so yeah really keen to 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 keep this keep this keep the momentum going and um definitely see the next Eve Music Cymru um, <laughs> with another amazing guest Diochem Rando So Pat Croeso Diochem de Amseheno Oh Croeso So uh, take us back to the start Pat Oh well I was um, born in the vicarage in Llandabia my grandfather okay. was the vicar there I think my uh, parents hadn't got a house yet because I think I was sort of um, not expected <laughs> anyway um I was the first baby of the vicarage, and I, according to my mother, I was given 52 dresses, one for every week of the year. <laughs> it was a big event in Llandabia, my birth. <laughs> oh, but um, my mother was out gallivanting all the time, so it was really my grandmother who brought me up and my sister Linda, okay. and she was a monoglot Welsh speaker, so we only spoke Welsh at home. Um, so Dakeev, you know, he was, uh, busy writing his sermons and all of that. 
Um, but McGee was there with her. Uh, oh, she used to put. She wanted to put rags in her hair to make ringlets and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like really old-fashioned. But uh, yeah, you know, we used to go around with McGee um, to the old ladies she'd visit, and uh, so we had to drink all the cups of tea that she had as well. So by the age of three, I could drink about five cups of tea in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my house, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so what, what was there? Was there a particularly musical household? Was it Welsh language stuff that was coming through in your first days? Yeah, we were all, yes, it was a Welsh household. But, you know, obviously we had the radio as well. So I, mean, I remember hearing, on like you know, Ears pricked up when I heard the Everly Brothers singing Wake Up Little Susie. Oh. And that was it. I thought, God, you know, I'm going to call my doll Susie. Every doll was then called Susie. And uh, it had a huge impression on me. My mother played the piano and my father played the guitar. He was always, you know, he used to help out at the youth club and... Uh, teach the kids you know playing the guitar i hardly ever saw him because he was always out and so she <laughs> so um we did have sort of you know the renditions of um oh this is usually oh hang down your head tom dooley i think that was his favorite song um but there wasn't any Welsh language music around that I remember at the time. So it was all, uh, you know, more or less sort of the hymns and church and, um, well, it's classical music, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, until my teenage years when uh, things started to develop. Yeah, so talking about those years, um, you were in a band with your sister. Um, yeah. A Kamalai, the Clouds. Yeah, and that's right. You used to compete in a lot of the local I said. How did that come about? Was that just sort of through? Well, you, the only way you could get out of the house without the parents was if you were competing in an Eisteddfod. <laughs> so it was our child, <laughs> let's get out of the house. We've got to go and sing somewhere so that um, they don't have to be sort of traipsing after us. So uh, Linda started writing the songs and, you know, join in with the harmonies and things. And, um, you know, we were into all the protest songs then, you know, Hugh Jones and, uh, well, Mike Stevens was our favourite yeah. in the Welsh stuff. So, um, you know, we were very heavily influenced by the Beatles and loved all that um, stuff. We weren't really... Yeah, because we were playing records. My mother used to send us out to the garage. We had a record player in the garage. We were just there all day playing records. Um, but with going to the Eisteddfodau and things, not only were we out of the house, you know, <laughs> free, but um, if you got the prize, you know, for winning the pop contest in the Eisteddfod, you'd get about 30 quid, 50 quid, which is a lot of money oh, in those days. Yeah, so Linda's friend Catherine was on the guitar and I was uh, singing harmonies with uh, Linda. Yeah, we had good fun, actually. What was your memories of releasing that uh, first uh, EP on Ren Records in 1972? Well, yeah, well, that's it. We won it as a 
pop contest again in the recreation ground in Ammonford. Um Wren Records were there as like talent scouts, wait, you know, waiting for an act to record. And we just fitted the bill, really, because, uh, you know, we in our Laura Ashley dresses looking sort of demure. Um, but we were hopeless. We were, I remember all the day I thought, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> get me out of here. This is awful. <laughs> because there was a really great band called Iron Funeral, who we were in awe of because they were amazing, you know, Lots of really heavy guitars and arrived in a hearse and they were like, you know, smashing guitars around the place. And it was like really exciting. And we won the record. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair, is it? And the, what became of that band? What was it? Iron, well, was it you Iron know, Fury? I've been yeah. on Facebook trying to find the members and um, they're still about... But nobody's really got back to me of the band. I'd like to know the names of the songs. And apparently yeah. they recorded an album and they had a fantastic artist to do the album cover. There's work to be done there to track <laughs> them down. I don't oh. think they sang in Welsh either. Maybe that was the problem. You know, yeah. Ren Records wanted a, a Welsh recording. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> and talking of uh, records, Steve, I, I saw the, the the wonderful monochrome cover of the three of you sitting in a tree. Oh yeah, <laughs> do you remember the photo shoot? <laughs> well, yeah, the photo, the photographer. You know, we were like um, like little princesses, you know, being taken around, having all the the dresses, you know, three dresses looking the same, and. Um, yeah, we were loving it. <laughs> and we went to um, Swansea to record the the EP. Um, yeah, it was all done in about half an hour. It was very Amazing. easy. Um, but uh, then I went off to university and that was it, really. Fizzled out. And uh, Kamala, yeah, were likened to Wendy and Bonnie, which... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is a bit of departure from your next... Um, close harmonies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey. Yeah, well, and it was quite psychedelic yeah. as well, you know. Dewch lanir awyr And sadly, Catherine died last year. We only found oh. out through this Facebook group. And they sang Dewch lanir awyr. They played it in her funeral. Oh. So, you know, obviously still fondly remembered those days. Yeah. By her family. Yeah. So anyway, I went off to university and then um, I realized uh, after university that I was sort of completely lost my Welsh. I'd be going home and Mungi would you know, be talking Welsh to me and I was like struggling to speak Welsh. I'd sort of lost it. So the, the, the wild days before going off you know, to study pharmacy it was like waitressing in Tenby. I mean, taking drugs and, you know, just being wild. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, reality hits, doesn't it? And, you know, you have to get a job and stuff. Yeah, my first job then near uh, Brecon. That's where Slugbait started. Yeah, a bit of a departure from uh, a Wendy and Bonnie uh, <laughs> reference. Exactly. That, eh? Yeah, well, then the true colours were coming out. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, um, 
I just loved the sound of a bass guitar. And uh, I, I met this bloke in the bridge club. I used to play bridge. Oh, well, first of all, I was playing the piano for ballet classes. Okay. This was like my entertainment in the evenings. <laughs> um, and then uh, this bridge club was, you know, I used to play bridge in school, so I joined the club. And this bloke was into bondage. <laughs> and he wanted and heavy metal and dressing up. So, you know, I thought, oh, well, this is exciting. <laughs> so, you know, we'd be sort of going off looking for outfits, PVC dresses and high heel boots. And yeah. <laughs> I blame it on Adam and the ants, actually, because <laughs> that was, you know, <laughs> the setting for me, really, to what I wanted to do, dressing up. And, of course, you know, Steve, the, the bridge player, was very keen on this. <laughs> So it just got more and more sort of, well, more and more theatrical, should I say, on stage. Oh my God, I've, yeah. I've never linked to the world of uh, bridge and bonded. No. <laughs> Life is strange. <laughs> Well, I suppose it's always been this the, the double life, you know. Yeah. Oh, yes, I've got to be towing the line by day. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> so yeah, should be. Well, that's the way I've kept saying. <laughs> <laughs> you still into bridge? Yes. Yeah. But I mustn't I can't do it for too long because it really gets a grip of you. Okay. Because you always want to improve, you always want to play, and I can't. I've got too many other things to do, so I've got to sort of put it on hold. But I do love playing bridge. Yeah. The majority of the accounts of the origins of that bluggy sort of layout that you know was formed by Dave and T Win at school in Abertavy, and then you joined two years later. But tell us about those two years, Pi. I'm really interested to know what what happened. The thing is, I quite heavily into punk and I was looking for a Welsh punk band that I would really like and go and see play because Priest was, you know, unreven I'd heard of. Um, But down in South Wales, you know, there was Tlagod Fernig who were brilliant. Yeah. Um, Then there was um, Triglad Fairfife. So I thought, no, that sounds good to me because I was losing my Welsh, conscious of that, and I could see that they were in the same sort of dilemma, do I get the mutations right, you know. So um, I went to see them play, met Ivor Upglyn, who was the lead singer, and he told me that he had this, he was collecting Welsh records. And I said, oh, you must have the come alive then, you know. He said, well, come back and have a look at my collection. So I went back to see what he had. And uh, yeah, sure enough, all these singles, you know, sign and stuff. And then, and he said, "But have you heard these?" And he put on Dapluggy, Problem You Bowed, and I just almost stopped breathing. Oh wow! I thought, my God, this is this is this is incredible. This is just what I want. You know, it was almost like. This is just so different. It was almost like a whole new genre of like music that I'd never heard the like of before. David's voice, the, you know, so Kafka-esque, you know, problem you bowed. And I was just, uh, I, you know, hit. 
<laughs> sideways. So I thought, I've just got to go and find out who these people are. Where are they? Who are they? <laughs> so I uh, I went to one of their gigs and um, followed. There was hardly anybody there listening to them because they were all at the bar. Um, but I just sort of scuttled out after them because they were off, you know, before they wouldn't sort of socialize or anything. So I just ran out and said, I've heard, I've got, I bought their new, I bought one of their cassettes. I said, where can I get hold of more? And David said, well, it's not, the address is on the back. Just sort of, uh, you know, send the, the 50p or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, I started writing to him. So, you know, back and forth, the cassettes, the letters and stuff. And I said, I played bass. And uh, next thing I know, he um, said, well, come along. We've got a gig in, uh, well, this was uh, St. Ogmills. And uh, so I turned up with my bass guitar. They were playing with a drum machine. And um, I knew all the songs because I'd been listening <laughs> to the cassettes nonstop. Um, yeah, so that was my first uh, gig with Dat Blokey. So where was just the... invited along. That's amazing. Um, what was where I was? No, I was so lucky. Where was the gig that you went to? You first saw them. It at? was outdoors. Um, I remember the first. There was, you know, everything revolves around the Ice Death Vodai, and outdoor sort of uh, festival type things. So um, I remember the first time I met them properly to do music. Um, Where's that place? Lampeter. That's okay. right. It was the town hall in Lampeter. I think there was the Estevod on there. And, you know, it was all sort of very messy, you know, lots of, heavy. There were, you know, these sort of rock bands. And then that bloggy was sort of totally different. So, you know, there was all that sort of quite exciting period, really, where everybody hated what we were doing. Because um, we weren't rock, they couldn't dance to it, they couldn't sing along, you know, and it was dark, dark stuff. Yeah, so it all started from then. And, uh, you know, when they were recording the next cassette, I turned up with my bass and there I, I've been ever since. <laughs> <laughs> You so can't I get rid of me that easily. <laughs> I suppose um, as such a big fan, you must have been sort of pinching yourself. Uh, I was. I was stage, like, God, yes. Well, you know, when you are a big fan and then you meet the people, well, David especially, because he was so um, shy and but very warm at the same mm. time. Yeah. You know, we just obviously had the same interests, same musical interests, and, uh, you know, there was um, a bond that, you know, obviously just kept going. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Rhys Moyne um, oh, yeah. earlier as well, and I know he sort of spearheaded, I guess, you know, that sort of uh, transition of the, the Welsh music, Welsh language music scene sort yeah. of um, from 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 Wales, outside of Wales. Um, but am I right in thinking that, you know, the, the scene at the time was sort of very DIY and you sort of you shared a sort of commonality and sort of doing fanzines and, you know, distributing the tapes yourself, like you well, said, you were buying? Because there was no social media. We were very much out on a limb. Everybody was out on the limb, did their own thing. Um, but 
what, you know, we hated most of the stuff that was coming out because the only sort of um, pop music program on Radio Cymru was on Sospan, Saturday mornings. We were always listening to Sospan, thinking, oh, my God, when are they going to play anything decent? <laughs> <laughs> um, so David decided when the competition comes along, you ring up with the answer and then you're in the um, against another person for pop quiz. So he got the answer, rang up, pretended to be somebody else and then having to do the quiz and keep on saying, why are you playing this rubbish? I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> We got, he got away with it the first time. So the second time he tried the competition, because he won the competition. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he used a different name and um, they got wind of our phone number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like wonderful sabotaging saucepan. <laughs> it's like we're entertainment. <laughs> yeah, can you um, name names of any of these particular bands that you... Especially disliked. Oh, Edward H. Davis. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah, that was going to be my next little bit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's stuff like Elephant. It was like all these people singing with a Welsh in an American accent. <laughs> so we just thought, oh, Christ. This is like, um, we, you know, you need to get up to date, you know, do something original. Yeah, so it was almost like a mission to do something that was true to ourselves, true to our language, and, uh, you know, sort of trying to create a scene, really, that was in our own language, that was yeah. good music and relevant to Welsh life, showing it up, holding a mirror to Welsh life, look what you're like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so exactly. um, a lot of Welsh bands, um, language bands, are often asked um, why they don't sing in English. Oh, people are always asking us, yeah, why don't you do it in English? You'd get much better you know, recognition and all this sort of stuff. But then once we were on John Peel, we thought, well, actually, why should we sing in English? We don't want to. Yeah. Although, you know, the, behind the mixing desk in the Maida Vale studios, they were saying, oh, I think we better have a translation of what you're singing about. As if, like, <laughs> you're obviously dissing us. <laughs> I mean, we were dissing the Welsh. <laughs> it's all quite bizarre. You mentioned, um, obviously, you know, what you wanted to create, what you wanted to listen to something that, you know, the reflected, you know, the life that you were living in, in you know, yeah. and, and within the Welsh language. And obviously that... Being bored in mid-Wales. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so, so I guess this, like, disillusionment of, of Welsh mm. language culture, it didn't reflect... Yeah. Did everyone share that disillusionment? Thinking it caves, Reese. Mm -hmm. um, is that what brought yeah, you together? Yeah, they were all the same sort of treatment from, you know, Radio Cymru. They didn't want these um, sort of feisty, young, angry people, you know, singing in Welsh. They wanted nice, harmonious things or rock, soft rock or, you know, proper rock bands. They were into really 
I mean, some weren't too bad, but, um, you know, there was nothing that we could identify with that, you know, like the cure and the fall and the things that yeah. we were listening to. There was nothing like that. So we had to sort of take it upon ourselves, you know, to try and change things. It did change. It definitely did, yeah. <laughs> we we had Reese on, on the podcast and he told the story about, you know, creating Kamatua Hook and, you know, getting it into the hands of John Peel, who yeah. you mentioned you recorded five sessions with. Like, what was what was it like recording in, in Maida Vale, the famous Maida Vale? You know, was oh. it, so you yeah. didn't find it difficult sort of trying to recreate the rawness of, like, uh, full studio? Well, it wasn't as if we were trying to be raw. It just yeah, turned yeah. out like that. Yeah, but made a veil. There was like anything you would wish for was there. It was like kids yeah. in a toy shop. It oh, was amazing. fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was such a lovely studio as well. Yeah, and I think um, there was a plaque on the wall that said, Bing Crosby recorded his last session here or something. Oh, wow. His last recording was done yeah. there. So, you know, it, it was like exciting and just wonderful experience. I guess like traveling up to London as well, particularly. Did you did you go up on the train? Did you drive up in the car? No, I always drove. Yeah. Yeah, because we had to take instruments. and Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. And um, what was your memories of um, John Peel himself? Obviously, um, born against oh. the grain in a lot of ways with playing. Yeah, there last he, month. he actually came to see us play in Brecon. And uh, he was lovely. But he was, you know, he would listen to everything and take it all in. Um, and then he took us to the pub. He took us for a drink and wanted to quiz us on, like, you know, well, we know what you sound like, but what did the people who are really sort of, sort of back beyond, what do they sound like? You know, he wanted to know, is there a sort of a roots Welsh sort of you know, music that he should know about? Okay. And, um, <laughs> yeah, but they all want to sound like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they don't want to do anything sort of original. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, it was great fun being with him. He was such a lovely, lovely man. I think you've got the record for like the most like Peel sessions as a band anyway, but you've also hold another sort of record uh, in, in, in the famous sort of Peel um, law of he played the first um, three tracks back to back of Pissed. Do you know, I think he played them twice even. Really? Because he played them all like that. And we thought, oh my God, he's playing the whole lot. And then he said, I think I'll have to play those again. To my recollection, he did actually play twice. Not really back to back. Oh, my God. That, well, that, <laughs> I, I, well, I think, to be honest, though, when you, have, when, you, when you do listen to that album and, you know, it's such an amazing sort of side <laughs> one, you can't, you know, it, like nowadays, I guess, you know, you don't listen to an album as an album, but that one, I mm. think you have to, and that, that side A of, of, of Pierced is just well, like yeah. so strong. With Benjamin Bore as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah. David and I, and I split up because we'd been living together. We did We I, you know, when we were both living together in Changos. Yeah. And um, things were getting fraught between us, although we did still do music and loved doing music. Nothing stopped us doing that. Yeah. Um, but a lot, I found him some accommodation in the nurse's home in Brontley's hospital where I was working and managed to get him 
a job in the uh, finance department. <laughs> I mean, he's such a liability. <laughs> he wants to make people laugh. And, uh, you know, anyway, he had someone to, you know, I used to go and visit him. It wasn't as if we'd quarreled big time and I never want to see you again. It was like, I can't live with you. <laughs> That's about it. So I'll come and see you and we'll still do music. And we did. But, you know, Benjamin Bora, you know, putting the towel over his head, yeah. you know, that was like all through that period of ah, okay. not being together. Yeah. At the same time, still being together. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, it, you know, that's probably why there's such an emotion in that record. Yeah. Nothing stopped us doing music. No. Um, talk, talk us through your songwriting process. W was it always David would hand the lyrics over first and then you would write a tune to the mute, to the lyric or was it well, um, both or what? David was always writing lyrics, yeah. He'd have like all these exercise books. Um, uh, sometimes he'd just say, play something on the bass or play something or it would come through a sort of um how can you say organic sort of uh he'd say oh yeah i like that or oh yeah that would fit with because mm. he always knew what would fit with what lyric and sometimes i'd just be trying something on a guitar i can't play guitar but i can get the noise out of it yeah and he said yeah that's the one and that was glad out of heaven <laughs> 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 weird how he knew that would work with that lyric yeah so he just said yeah keep playing that was that in rehearsal or was that when you got into the recording studio well that was just at home just home yeah well i was upstairs playing the guitar i remember that and i heard him say yes that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> from downstairs <laughs> although in the studio he liked to just improvise he wanted things to be fresh uh, sort of unrehearsed. Um, there was a few things we prepared, but mostly it was done spontaneously and improvised because he wanted, he didn't want to be bored by anything. <laughs> yeah. You know? The sort of period of time that the band took off was in the middle of a very sort of fractured, divided United Kingdom, much like it is today. Music was a lot more political back then, wasn't it? You know, it was a, you just said like, is it holding a mirror up to your view on the yeah. world? But I think yeah. like the Red Wedge movement and rock against racism and artists yeah. against yeah. apartheid don't send, don't seem to have that where, when we need it now. Yeah. Is that something that no, was... No, that's right, because it's... A You've got to have people who stick their necks out yeah. and say things that people might not want to hear. And David was definitely one of those. You know, it. he was brave. I mean, I used to, like, balk at some of the things he'd come up with because he was like, God, I, you know, you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he was, you know, fiercely... Um, forthright <laughs> you know it's something you don't always want to hear what he's got to say because it could be quite provocative yeah deliberately um but you know it was always interesting <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I, yeah politically as well yeah yeah definitely um the minor strike got to him you know we were yeah i suppose there's always politics coming there in the background 
I don't know how overtly political we were, but just not afraid to say what uh, how we felt about things, about David especially. Yeah, I think you know, obviously you mentioned um, you know not being played on Radio Cymru and, and and the like, but you know songs like Canny Gumry where you know it's like oh yeah, uh, yeah exactly. like exactly that that sort of very provocative sort of yeah yeah um, you've got to laugh at yourselves yeah sort of thing yeah and was there yeah. any comeback on songs like David Ewan and McLeod? <laughs> no, everybody loved it. <laughs> Including David Yuan, actually. Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> he, well, yeah, that was totally made up for on the spot. Because um, we weren't asked to play gigs, you know, the Estet would be put on. Nobody wanted us. So <laughs> we decided, well, we're going anyway. Um, oh, God, David used to be quite clumsy. He'd, He'd chuck his guitar in the back seat and then get a, he'd be in the passenger seat and he'd just go back in the passenger seat and the guitar broke in two as he was oh pushing oh no. <laughs> So all we had was my bass. So we, we had to do all, we gate crashed the gigs. Um, and it was like, Wara Rubeth. That's enough to set him off. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yeah, let's give it to David Iwan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fun. It was scary. And it was always like, oh, my God, what have we done? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, you released the uh, first three albums on uh, two um, legendary Welsh labels, Novan and Angst. Um, yeah. What's your memories of working with those two? Uh, well, in the recording studios, first of all, well, Voil for uh, Kamatoorloch, but um, we went to Gorwell, Owen, yeah. to do the, the Pist and We I. So it was basically with Gorwell and Libertino. So the first three albums was um, just Gorwell, really, helping us get the recordings sounding good. He was brilliant. Yeah, I at yeah. his place in Anglesey. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. How did his sort of recording process? Because he's worked, he's worked like with lots of Welsh artists, and thinking in particular Super Free Animals, who obviously you know um, heavily influenced yeah. by by you guys. How did his sort of recording process and your and recording process? How did they work together? And well, it was always very uh, laid back, I suppose, and he was always quite um, interested, you know, in oh, so we. Like for me, you know, I remember him saying, oh, so you, you do play the piano, right? I said, yeah, just sort of, I've just been doing an exam piece because I was, didn't do any exams when I was, I didn't like playing, you know, for exams. Um, but I thought, okay, I'm going to give grade five a shot. So, I, <laughs> you know, he said, oh, go on, then play, play with the piece you learn. So I played this Mozart piece and he said, oh, right. You know, it was like he got inspired by what you could provide to him to be used in a way. I don't know, he's very intuitive, you know, he's... And then with David as well, he managed to get... I don't know, he, he and David used to hit it off very well. But then when David 
became quite ill. Um, Gorwell didn't want to record with us anymore because David sent him some of the lyrics that um, he wanted for the next LP. Yeah, and they weren't. They were not very nice. They were, you know, when I say not very nice, I'm glad we didn't. You oh, know, yeah. it, there had to be some sort of filter where we said no. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, but you know, he did get better, and we did start again after a, a long period. Yeah, it was quite difficult. Uh, yeah, it was quite a severe illness, but it, you know, he 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 pulled through in the end. Yeah. yeah. Um, around that time in the. Um mid 90s obviously there was the big boom of um welsh music um what was your um david's um thoughts on the term uh cool camry at the time obviously it's a bit divisive it can make <laughs> musicians win yeah, uh, yeah what was your sort of thoughts he just thought oh my god what do they think they're doing you know it's like you wouldn't want to be any part of that at mm. all no it is not cool Listening to the um, tribute show on Radio Cymru, I think it was Lisa Gwillim, and she had, um, which I'll talk about in a bit as well. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Gwen Clian, uh from Adwaith on All the right. show, giving a little bit, and she yeah. said about, David used to say, make sure you stick your fingers up to the Welsh music scene. Yeah. My impression is she didn't like the concept of a scene and those things. No, I think... Uh... Yeah, we were never sort of, you know, we had our pals, you know, the groups we liked. Mm. Um, but mostly it was anti the, anti the whole, whole thing, especially the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to the earth. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, just, he, he hated competitions. He okay. hated people then, you know, being a judge over what you did, you know. Being a, a punk is nothing to do no. with that. And he was yeah. basically the punk ethos, you know. Go and deliver. Well, was there a um, sort of rebellion against sort of like poetry uh, being judged at the Ice Edwards and that sort of thing in terms of like lyrics and poetry should never sort of be judged in that way? Um, I think it was the music side of it, really, mm. that uh, he hated anything to do with the Ice thought in the end. Yeah, he didn't like have the competition side of it. Yeah. Although, you know, loads of people have got um, their confidence to be on stage and yeah. hear their, the sound of their own voice, all of that through doing the Ice Death Water. I mean, I I did it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd been able to get up on stage. You know, I'd be too shy if I hadn't already done it. Yeah. <laughs> and David did as well. Yes. <laughs> you probably wouldn't want anybody to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um obviously, you know, the the, the bands um that you know become part of the cool Cymru scene as 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 Neil mentioned, um, you know, a lot of them, particularly you think in Gorky's and Griffin, the Super Furries, were you know heavily influenced by Dat Bluggy. Um when did you become? When did you become aware of like how inspirational that bluggy was for you know as a legacy to future generations of of of, of Welsh language yeah. music? Thing is that at a certain age and with that, um, there's a sort of bristling 
tension in gigs. Um, Everybody was too shy to speak to each other. Although the Gorkies, I remember I, Ross, you know, did ask me, what records are you listening to? Can you recommend anything that uh, we should listen to and stuff? Um, And then they invited David to come record them and... Yeah, but but like they were little uh, 14-year-olds, you know, they were were kids and it was just sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what what was your opinion of the uh, cover um, the furries famously did on Mung of A Time Lad? Well, I was um, listening to John Peel and the song came on and I thought, hang on, this isn't us. And so I phoned up David. I said, have you heard this? Did you know? Well, he, he said he didn't know. There's so many different sort of stories flying around about did they ask permission? I don't think they did, you know. But I said to David, did did they ask if you could use the song? And he said no. But, you know, you can never rely on David in these matters. He'd like to keep things secret as well. <laughs> I don't know if there was some secret thing going on. <laughs> I didn't hear about it. He was living with his parents, I know, at the time. Um, I was living in Hay on Y. And um, so there'd be a lot going on that I didn't know about because I wasn't sort of, we weren't living together or didn't see each other very often. Yeah. Um, but you know, you, I've heard loads of stories about how the whole thing has sort of come about. I mean, it's love. Their actual rendition is beautiful. I love what they've done with the song, and it's such a compliment and a tribute, and it's lovely, and it's a beautiful song. It's yeah. actually ended um, Griff's um, recent tour, I think, hasn't it? Uh, we saw it at Club Bivobach. Um, yeah. It was the uncle, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In tribute to Dave, yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Just Griff solo on his own acoustically. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, that's nice. I, when I did see Griff like, yeah, at the Welsh Music Prize, yeah, we had a nice chat. First time I've actually spoken to him, <laughs> which is uh, you know, how long has it taken? Yeah. I can't remember what came first. I'm assuming it was the um, Under the Influence CD that the Super Free Alliance released. Um, and they had a, that bloody um, sort of Casual Olive they had on there. And that was my first introduction to it. But I guess, you know, that oh, yeah, same, you know, heightened same. to um, a tame lad. And yeah, like Neil said, um, we saw Griff at um, Club and. Um, yeah, it was it was very shortly after you know Dave Dave passed away and he mm. played it there. Um, you know, obviously, you uh, know Dave yeah. Dave's, Dave's passing must have been extremely sad sad yeah. for you. Oh, but God. yeah, I had to arrange the funeral, so that was you know to do the right thing, to yeah. get the right people. I mean, people were very kind. You know, I had all the important friends that yeah. David had and uh you know to, to pay tribute and we had four dapluggy songs played at the funeral the coffin came into carney gumry then we had uh near voice pit time prudine uh can somebody them and then the coffin leaving to a time lad and it, it was so fitting those songs just yeah 
worked so well. Yeah. And you mentioned other tributes and obviously, you know, Griff's mm. rendition was one of them, but there was, you know, an outpouring of, of love and I know. respect. That must have... I- Oh, did that, go, I, did that go any way yeah. to comfort you in, in, in any well, way? Well, the thing was, um, oh, I don't go into detail of, you know, how we found, you know, the, how. Yeah. But um, I found uh, Emir, publicist, because I knew he, he can write well, you know, so yeah. we had to start doing like... Um, the uh, what do they call it? Not the tribute. The um, eulogy is that eulogy and all yeah. of that. Um, and then I had to write, think of what I wanted to write to actually announce it on Twitter because I thought I've got to announce it. Couldn't get hold of his aunt, who's his like the nearest living relative, you know. And it had taken like. Uh, a long time, and in the end, we just thought, well, we've just got to announce it. You know, she'll have to find out. Yeah. So I put it on Twitter. Crumbs! It just, I, in that first twenty-four hours, I had more than a thousand reactions, and I remember, yeah, you know, yeah, it was incredible, very touching. And um, yeah, Ellis James, who was a previous guest yeah. on the podcast and talked so passionately yeah. about his love for, for Duck Luggy. He's a brilliant writer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. And he wrote a piece in The Guardian and you know, said Welsh music has lost a colossal talent and Congraglia showed that time hasn't dulled any of... That yeah, that's true feet. enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Wales was lucky to have David R. Edwards and we, we, oh. we were worse off without him. Um, yeah. Ellis also spoke at the funeral as well, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Yes, I'd Ivor up Glyn and um, Ellis James and Gareth, me. Um, Gareth Potter. Yeah, and Emir Angst and um, Gordon, a friend of David's from college. Yeah, it was a, it was a really lovely service. It, you know, it worked, you know, it was full of respect for him and, yeah, it went really well. And guess what? <laughs> because of COVID, we couldn't get all the people I wanted or I couldn't get hold of people or whatever. So there were speakers around the the church and, um, you know, so that people who couldn't get in at least could hear the service. I came out, oh, my God, there's Hugh Stevens. Oh, my God, there's Kate LeBorn. Oh, my God, <laughs> Hugh Evans. You know, all these people. I thought, oh, crumbs. <laughs> Like, you know, just overwhelming. Yeah, you know. I bet. Um, when yeah. we um, last met at um, the Welsh Music Prize last year, um, you, Dad Bluggy, were presented with the Welsh Music Inspiration Awards. What would David's reaction have been to that? I think I remember you saying you could imagine being sat at the back <laughs> flicking the boots. Well, the trouble with David is you never knew what he was going to do or... You know, you'd have some, like, always expect the unexpected. That's how I always thought of David, because you'd think, oh, he must be pleased with this, or he'd like that. No, can't stand it. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, great, okay, then. <laughs> right, there's no, you know, discussion, right? Oh, crumbs, yeah, I mean, but he used to get really, really angry about some of these awards. I would. <laughs> I can't tell you. 
Obviously, Adwife um, won the Welsh Music Prize uh, a couple of years That's, ago. Uh, yeah, before last, yeah. Yeah, and um, in that, yeah, in the in the in the tribute to David on Radio Cymru, Gwenllian also mentioned about you know you helping record you know demos oh, yeah. for, for Melin, and I remember I remember seeing an episode of Karadir on Espadrec that um, oh, Gwenllian was sort of like hosting, and and you had uh, tell us about your relationship with with Adwife and and your thoughts on on, on the band. Right. Well, I saw, where did I, I sort of um, found them, you know, like on, uh, I think Facebook or something like that. They might have had a page and it was a really beautiful photograph of them. I thought, and then I heard something they'd done. I mean, they'd only done about two songs or something, but I just thought, oh, these are lovely girls. You know, these have got... I, star quality. Yeah. You could see that from the beginning. Yeah. And uh, next thing I hear is like Gwentley and getting in touch and saying, oh, can we, you know, come up? To, oh, no, it was uh, through um, Simon Tucker, actually, because okay. yeah. he knew them in Carmarthen, in yeah. the record yeah. shop, knew me, said, oh, they'd like you to produce um, some songs. And I thought, I, I don't I don't do producing. <laughs> said, well, you just did uh, poetry a lot, didn't you? Yeah. Said, oh, oh, is that I, you know I, um, <laughs> I don't know what what it entailed really. Anyway, they said they they could come up and uh, would I like to record them? And I'd just bought this new laptop with garage band on it, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Because <laughs> I with David, I was just use the phone or something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, when you've got a band and they all play together, I thought, oh God, right. I'll just put this. I bought a Zoom uh, microphone, which has like four speakers around it, so I made them sort of just. I just recorded that and had it as a file very low-key um but i think they were all nervous and i was nervous because i didn't know what the hell i was doing and uh, it was pouring with rain and they said oh we're going to go to the shop and buy some food okay fine so off they went and i thought i better find out how to work this thing <laughs> <laughs> so while they were right <laughs> and uh, i said th- i put my phone on silent and I locked them out. <laughs> I was getting in the rain until I realised I think they were knocking on the door trying to get back in. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. I mean, they have some lovely songs. They're very good songwriters. Oh, lovely yeah. voices, talented musicians. Yeah, and you know, they were well deserved getting there. They knew what they were doing. They knew mm. they could do it as well. Carmarthenshire girls, you see. I know, what's in the they water? The what's best? in the water? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you, you mentioned Gareth earlier, um, and you recorded a podcast with him um, about uh, Cum Gwagler, and obviously that was shortlisted as well for oh, the Welsh well, Music Prize. Yeah, and yeah. I remember listening to the, to the podcast, um, and it said that, You've already got five songs recorded for the next that bloody album. What's yeah, the yeah. what's the plan? Right. Well, David had his the, 
there are 13 tracks going to be on the next album. You, you've always flown to me up and said, have you got some more tunes for me to work on, you know, the next songs? So I'd done five tunes and I put them on a CD. It's posted to him. And then he could then actually work out how to sing the lyrics with the pieces of music. And once COVID, you know, allowed us to be in the same building together, I went up down to Carmarthen and uh, recorded him doing the vocals with the the tunes that I had. And uh, so I've got his voice on five songs. Oh, wow. And now, because, you know, all his belongings have been collected, I asked, could I please have the lyrics that was being used, you know, working, David was working on for the rest of the LP. So I've got the lyrics for the rest of it. And I'm looking for singers trying to get Wynne back to sing. Okay. Who was in the band originally. Yeah. I did meet up with him in the funeral. Um, but he hasn't answered my email. So I'm going to keep trying because I think he'd be great to do some of the lyrics. They're quite wacky, yeah. quite strange. Some of them are very poignant as well. There's one very, there's a lot of sadness in there. But, you know, he worked very hard on those lyrics. So they are not going to stay under the bed. They're going to be used and I will finish it somehow. Would you, um, yeah. you obviously took lead vocals on a couple of songs on um, Congratulate, yeah. like, okay, yeah, would you consider lead Well, vocals? I'll have to work out which ones I'm going to. Yeah. I'll try a few out and see. Um, yeah, I'm my own worst sort of uh, critic because, you know, if it's okay here, yeah, I said, oh, oh David, should I do that again? No, it was fine. It was great. No, I, I get sort of cringe when I hear my voice singing sometimes. You know, anyway, I have to do it, to do yeah. some, of it, some of it anyway and get a few guest vocalists in perhaps. Yeah. Have you got a um, like a deadline you're working towards or are you just going to see what happens? Well, it would be nice to finish it by the end of 2022. Yeah. Because it's like uh, 40 years since the group started. You yeah. Know? Yeah, there's a compilation due out as well. Okay. 40 years, yeah. So that'll be it then, I think, probably. Yeah. And is that, an, yeah. is that, would, that would that be released on Angst? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I want to look out for Yes, it. I've had meetings with Emir, so, yeah. you know, we have been uh, talking about what's going to happen next. Oh, nice. And um, thank you so much, Pat, for, um, you know, talking us through, you know, thank the... You. Amazing uh, musical career, and obviously, you know, touching up on some, you know, difficult times, um, you know, uh, over mm. over the years, and obviously, m m most recently with with David passing. But is it this time of the the podcast recording where we we ask our guests to talk about their favorite album by a Welsh artist? And you've gone for Suki Buscawans. You've got in front of you, two thousand and seven <laughs> album Ching. An another Carmarthen girl. Another Carmarthen girl, yeah. <laughs> Mad This just shows what a bloody superstar she is. Yeah. Married Lenny. Yes. As Suki. I mean, she is amazing. And this is such a sort of, 
it's almost like, you know, she knows how to have fun in yes. Welsh. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. And she's great. She's amazing. I know she can't do music anymore. She's because of her brain operation, yeah. brain tumour. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to find out more about Suki Boscawen. And I went up to North Wales to the Eisteddfod there and I, got, I took my video camera and went to the gig. And I've still got that memories oh, wow. of the gig. Yeah, it was a really sort of... Oh, you know, it fills you with pride to think, oh, my God, thank God there's somebody like her who can deliver. She's got, you know, such a presence on stage, such brilliant songs and such humour. Yeah. I'm always laughing with the, some of these lyrics. Oh, yeah. And the, I just went through the sleeve notes and I thought, oh, my God, they've been it actually recorded with Frank Norton. We did our Kungwagle. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then there's people like Tum Champagne. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? It's like a real person. <laughs> 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 David Wrench and all of these people. I had yeah. no idea that they were all involved until, uh, you know, I started looking back at this. But it's such fun. Cock rock is amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> yes. such a great opener to the album. Oh. And when did you first? Yes. When did you first hear of Suki? Well, about two thousand and five. Yeah. But then well, I went up to the Estadot. That's the only place you could have bought records in those days. You know, if you wanted something special on the Welsh scene. And so I found out about Dolly. Dolly. Oh yeah. Her first group, and that's amazing as well. I mean, that's just a really sort of, it's it's punky, really. It's great. Yeah, you know, she is amazing. Love her. That's, um, that's what I was going to say, actually. Um, you know, obviously it's a who's who of um, Welsh uh, musicians she's um, associated with in this project. There's David Wrench, um, yeah. Griff Meredith, um, a.k.a. Um, MC Mabon. Um, oh, there's Myla right. Jones. I didn't know of, that. Yeah, Myla, of, of course. Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. yeah. Um, Martin Carr on an early incarnation on bass of the band. Right. But yeah, um, you know, her charisma, as you say, really shines through. Um, you know, yes. absolutely. And I, I went to see her playing Clubby Bobach. Um, it's probably one of the last gigs she did. And, uh, you know, she was like lying on the stage on her back singing and, you know, doing all the antics that yeah, usually men would do. Um, but, God, I mean, she is such a presence. She's, <laughs> you know, you always were, I was quite in awe, I must say. <laughs> but she's lovely as well. I mean, she's, she comes to anything we do when we're in Carmarthen. You know, it's lovely to see her. The story of 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 Suki, you mentioned about the brain tumor, and yeah, you know, just like um, there's a there's a there's a short film called The Accidental Artist that um, Kate Lebon narrates and is talking about like Suki's, you know, when she found out that you know she was well, she was getting these banging headaches. And I know, yes, to, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, went to hospital and um, yeah, yeah, then yes. then you know, yeah, they you know obviously said that you know, she's got brain tumor and we're going for all of this radiotherapy yeah. and stuff and. Yeah. And then started to, you know, just couldn't 
you know, she couldn't work with horrendous. horrendous. But it's like it, yeah. if it, it just she lost any sort of like musical yeah, anything musical, and it just like moved over to this sort of beautiful colors and patterns and art you know and obviously you mentioned um there's no stopping that girl no not at all (laughs) absolutely and you know i I, the there's um i think it's in kuru in kamathan there's like the mural that she painted and yes in the wall as well and that's so striking so her you know to go from like suki buskawa and this like wonderful sort of um yeah glam rock sort of musician and like you yeah, said you know absolutely. massive stage presence and creating mm. this wonderful debut album um yeah. like really succinct you know some amazing songs and like wonderful lyrics there's an immediacy to it you know that just feels so familiar i don't know mm. what she's tapping yeah. into or i know it, you feel like you could grab her by the arm and just walk down the street with her, you know, having fun on a night out. Yeah. Because she just sort of, she brings you along with yeah. you, with her. You know, you feel as if you're all part of it. Yeah. So well, infectious. So, uh, you know, her love for life. And it's done in the way my grandmother used to speak Welsh as well, you know, using the same words in the yeah. same way of speaking. In, in terms of the last couple of days uh, in researching this, uh, it was the first time I'd listened to it in quite a while, actually. And as you say, yeah. you know, it's a perfectly mm. concise collection. I mean, you straight in within half hour. They're all yeah. sort of real earworms yeah. as well, really. Um, yeah. You've got cock rock with the brilliant bass line, fuzzy guitars. You're straight in. Yeah. Um, then there's um, sort of more sort of haunting atmospheric sort of synth and rhythms with um, Contuti. There's the um, acoustic stomp of ballad Jim Jones. Yeah, and she's got a um, great voice. Yeah. 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 What, what, what's the sort of highlights for you personally? Well, cock rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Yeah. But there's a very, um, yeah, you know, this ballads there as well you know it's such a variation Mm. it's got a bit of everything it has yeah everything you could want are you still in touch with her well we're friends on facebook yes (laughs) (laughs) and you know when we're doing anything kamarthen she always seems to be there yeah or if she can't come she'll you know apologize and say i couldn't make it today or whatever yeah, she's great. As you say, though, it, it, it's there's real versati- uh, versatility in the song running across the album because you've got something as sort of bombastic in your face as cock rock yeah. stuff, but then yeah. you've got a sort of quite nice piano ballad. Um, yeah. Sort of uh, the, the delivery, with. you know, she's straight in there. She don't mess around. I like it. <laughs> And yeah, Adara Nevoith is a great finale, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful song that, yeah. Yeah, it's all heartfelt as well, you know. And she's got, um, as well as you, Pat, she's got other big fans in Rufus Wainwright, obviously performed with at the oh. Wales Millennium Centre, and John Cale, um, you know, was, was a fan. Oh, and... yeah, yeah, she did tell me she's uh, friendly with John Cale's daughter. Oh, OK, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and like, Anton from Brian Jonestown Massacre sort of said that... Uh, oh. Brilliant. The, the album was fucking awesome. You know, what, yeah. what, a, what a review. That would be going straight on the album promotion material for me if that was uh, if that was me. Fantastic. When when we asked you the question of um, you know, which album by a Welsh artist that you would choose for this, you know, hmm. what what other um albums came to mind? Well, my second choice was uh, Kate Lebon because I love her stuff. It's so original. She's and- got talent, that girl as well. 
Yeah. Any, any particular one of hers, um, Pat? Well, um, I, I did like the stuff she did with uh, Tim Presley, the drinks oh, thing. Yeah. That was so strange and off the wall. Yeah, I just like all that, uh, the way she can experiment. and Yeah, I like her voice and uh, strangeness of it all and original and brilliant stuff. Yeah, another one with um, a new album on the horizon as well. Yes, I know. I haven't listened to that yet, but, you know, going to, obviously. Well, Pat, Diocham Dramsa, Henno, honestly, my wedding bod and pleasure. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Dioch, Dioch, Dioch. Oh, do you want to go in, Nivi? No, it's been lovely. Pleasure. Thank you both, Neil, James. We're going to have tune to close the episode out with. Uh, we mentioned Gwendolyn Anthony of Adwife earlier, who's uh, worked with Pat. Um, this is a side project, Taxidermy, with multi-instrumentalist Matthew Kilgariff. This tune uh, came out just before Christmas. It's on Libertino. It's a double A side in collaboration with Sister Wives. Uh, one half of it is called Ovenhov, and this is the other side of it, called Aoys Heduch, which means is their peace.' 